You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good evening, hello, thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Friday the 7th of July and my name's Charlotte Greenway and in this episode we're going to look ahead to this weekend's Group 1 action from Sandown Park and also from Deauville in France. First though, a bit of news from the racing world this week. Following last weekend's Group 1 Pretty Poly Stakes at the Curra, two appeals have been lodged. Firstly, by the connections of the second Stay Alert, who believe the interference caused by the winner via Sestina was significant enough to cost them the race, while via Sestina's jockey Jamie Spencer is appealing his six-day ban for careless riding, no doubt in the hope that if it's reduced, he'll be able to partner possibly this filly in the Group 1 Falmouth Stakes and Cardem in the July Cup, for which his connections have said he's likely to be supplemented for. Now, we don't spend too much time throughout the summer discussing National Hunt racing on this podcast, but after a low-grade race at Worcester on Wednesday evening, it's dominated the headlines. And here's the Sun's racing correspondent, Jack Keane, on what happened and why it's attracted so much attention. So it was in the 5.28 race yesterday at, at Worcester, their jumps card and the uh, the final race on the card, uh, £3 claimer Dylan Kitts was riding 11 to one shot hill sin um and it, it it blew up on social media as i'm sure you're aware he was he rode the horse quietly in rear early on uh brought him with a, a gradual challenge into the into the home straight um and the horse was still traveling very strongly over the last but but dylan uh didn't appear to be all action in the finish and the horse finished a very close third without the jockey ever really getting serious on him um so the, the stewards called him in uh, held an inquiry, uh, a running and riding inquiry, and and it it's been referred to the BHA. It doesn't look particularly good um, for for Dylan, who who had a, a fourteen day non trial ban just two months ago. So he's in hot water again with the BHA. But um, as you can understand, a lot of punters are very unhappy about this. The BHA also confirmed this afternoon that Dylan Kitts will not take any rides or attend any race courses at this time while their investigation continues. On a brighter note, we'll move on now to this weekend's racing, where we look set for a fascinating clash between the ages and sexes at Sandown tomorrow in the Group 1 Coral Eclipse over a mile and a quarter, despite the small field of just four. The betting suggests that Aidan O'Brien's Irish 2000 Guineas and St James's Palace winner Paddington is the one to beat. And Aidan spoke to Nick earlier this week to discuss the decision to step up in trip from a mile with the son of Siuni. Well, he can, like we, we, I suppose we've seen what he can do over a mile and uh, and uh, he seems to be progressing. Um, and I think his pedigree always suggested that he should have no problem going further. Uh, he came out of Ascot very well. And uh, like he can, he can go to the Eclipse, and he still could go back to Goodwood, uh, which we have done before. So um, yeah, so listen, we're just leaving the option open there for him at the moment. 
John Gosden's filly, Emily Upjohn, is a slightly bigger price and is set to be partnered by William Buick for the first time with Frankie Dettoria on the sidelines due to a ban he picked up at the Royal Meeting. She drops down in trip after her wildly impressive display in the Coronation Cup at Epsom last time, but the turn of foot she showed that day suggests that this trip should be no problem at all. Nick caught up with her part owner, John Shack this morning and asked how he's feeling ahead of tomorrow's race. Um, well, the, with, with only four runs, obviously, it's going to be a bit tactical, but in a strange way, it's a sort of clash of the titans. You've got the young pretender, the three-year-old, um, sort of on the way up, but who's never sort of raced over a mile and a quarter against our sort of very experienced, sort of wily sort of four-year-old strong athletic filly mare now who who's won at Sandown over the course uh, you know the course and distance so fascinating race and I think sort of very good for racing that it's it's two heavyweights against each other and, and in your mind you obviously the arc is there that's the target and working back from that but in your mind if it goes well tomorrow are you happy to write last year's wrong in the King George after that do you think Yes, I, I think, I mean, I, I'm sort of famous for sort of never, ever getting involved with the trainers and their decision-making, ever. And I just sort of devolve everything to them. They're, to my mind, the best trainers in the world. The, the, the team at Clarehaven are the most devoted, experienced staff and teams. And, you know, they're, they're the ones who have to guide us. You know, the, the filly, the mayor will guide the Gosdens and the team. And then the team will decide. So whether... Hopefully, if all goes well tomorrow it, and and she's safe and sound, we may go for the King George or the Yorkshire Oaks or pre-Verme on the way to the Ark, hopefully. You know, it's all, you know, they, they, they keep everything flexible and uh, nothing sort of preordained. William Haggis's Dubai Honour conquered the best Australia had to offer over this trip this winter, including Animo, and those performances earned him his current place of 11th in the TRC World Rankings, as revealed by Nick on this morning's podcast, while Emily Upjohn and Paddington don't feature until 20 and 21. So Nick put a call into William Haggis to see whether he thought his horse was capable of causing an upset and landing his first Group 1 in the Northern Hemisphere. It's a a fierce race. Emily Opdom's obviously coming back in trip. Paddington's going up in trip. Um, I think he's perfectly entitled to be there. You know, the one thing I was looking at when I was looking at the uh, confirmations... Simon Chris Simon Chrisford came in very late with West Wind Blows and it looked like there were only the five. And I think Aidan put Luxembourg in for pace more than anything. And now Simon's horse has come in and is going to obviously be a solid pace. I don't think that's going to be a problem. So I think there'll be the five of us and we'll see. And so were you pleased with that? You were thinking, right, well, there are a couple of horses who are who are really going to try and cut the race open a bit. Well, I'd have preferred Simon not to be there because then it would have been a little bit more interesting because, you know, tactics would have played a big part. But, uh, you know, if the pace is going to be solid, uh, usually the better ones come to the fore. Although the Eclipse has a great record for good horses being eclipsed. Um, it does, and it's a it's it's a race you you've won before. I mean, when we spoke about Dubai Honor in the winter, 
you were quite convinced in your own mind that it wasn't just a function of him beating inferior horses in Australia. He had actually improved. Do you still do you still hold to that? Yeah, I think he I think he put up a better performance in Australia than he had done when he winning his Group Twos in France. Um, you know, I mean, it it depends how high you rate Animo. Uh, he did. He seemed to be the best horse in Australia at that distance, a mile and a mile and a quarter. And he won nine or ten Group Ones, so he can't be useless. And he made him look uh, not that good. So I think he's improved. Hong Kong was a bit messy, but there's some good horses in Hong Kong mm. too. Um, and so you know, we'll see. We'll see how he goes at Sandown. I think he loves going right-handed, and um, he stays the trip well. And then completing the field of four is the Crisford's West Wind Blows, who finished a good second to pile driver in the Hardwick Stakes at Royal Ascot last time. Now, we've already mentioned that Frankie de Tory misses out on the ride aboard Emily Upjohn in the Eclipse, but that's not the only Group 1 ride he's missing out on this weekend, as Chaldean has been declared on Sunday in France for the Prix Jean Pratt. He'll once again face the likes of High Royal and Charon, while three-year-old Philly Meditate also features amongst the declared field. And Nick put a call into Judmont's racing manager Barry Marn in the week to find out who will now be taking the reins aboard the 2000 Guineas winner on Sunday. Yeah, I, if, if everything is going okay with the horse and Andrew's happy with him tomorrow morning, um, uh, the plan will be hopefully to run in, in uh, Deauville and uh, as far as I'm aware, Oshley Murphy will take the ride. And uh, that presumably is a is a situation everybody at Judmont is is satisfied with because I know you have agreements with R- R- Ryan Moore as well. But uh, Aidan O'Brien looks like he's going to have a, at least a runner or two. Yeah, exactly. Look, Oshin is a top class jockey and he's part of Andrew's stable, and we'd be delighted to have him on board. Uh, and how's the horse doing? Good. He came out of Ascot in great form. You know, he's only had two runs this year, so he's relatively fresh and. Uh, he's in good shape, and as I say, if, if he works okay tomorrow morning and everything looks fine, the plan is we'll be on target for Sunday. Just wondered, I thought that that sort of straight, unrelenting seven might be might be right up his street. Yeah, Frankie's first words when he got off and asked was, "By God, this guy's got lots of speed." So uh, you know, I think we're, we're happy enough that the seven should be fine. Um, you know, I think he showed it in Ascot. You know, he jumped from the gate and he was quick into his stride, and they went a pretty hard pace the whole way. So um, you know, I don't think I don't think we're too worried about dropping back to seven. And, you know, there was some conversations even whether we went back to the July Cup. But I think this is a, a happy medium, and it's a nice race, and it fits well with our program. And then and then slide into Goodwood, perhaps. That's that would be that would look the obvious route if he comes out of it okay and everything goes to plan. That would look the obvious route. A big weekend in France for Judmont as they also send Westover to Saint-Cloud tomorrow for the Group 1 Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud where last year's Irish Derby winner is odds-on to land his second top-level success. Plenty to look forward to and I'll be back with you filling in for Nick on Monday morning where we'll be reviewing the action and bringing you the latest news from around the world of horse racing. Thank you once again for listening. Enjoy the weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.